Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello, fellow explorers. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. We're on a mission to explore beyond comfort zones, and we're starting to make some waves. Ready to take the first step outside of your comfort zone? Dive into sirensoapbox.com, where you'll find links to our blog, Explore Magazine, our YouTube channel, and Getting Real with Siren Soapbox Movie Club. So many ways to explore. Pick one today and experience life outside of your comfort zone. So, what is STEM? It's science, technology, engineering, and math. And I think I learned this weekend that there's a transition from calling it STEM to STEAM with an A standing for art. But STEM is really much bigger than teaching these subjects individually. Tonight, we get to chat with teacher, speaker, author, Adina Mignona, who I think will be able to explain it to us much better than I could. And this week, the Sirens read Adina's first book in her Robot Galaxy series. That book is Crazy Foolish Robots. And we also tried our hand at some STEM activities, and we're going to tell you all about it tonight. But first, if the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango! First up on her soapbox is Sarah. Thanks, Mer. Uh, first, I'd like to say I had a lot of fun reading Crazy Foolish Robots. I got to like Ruby and her I-do-what-I-want mindset. But she's not just a rebel, she's a pretty smart girl. Her knowledge of computer programming is impressive, especially to a computer novice like myself. And the story isn't just about her adventure. It feels like there are some pretty insightful comments on societies and ruling forces. And I'm looking forward to reading the next book, Robots, Robots Everywhere, to see what Ruby gets into next. I've always been a pretty strong STEM fan or supporter. Obviously, sciences were a strong suit for me throughout my education, math also which is what helped me get my medical degree. I've always encouraged my kids to work hard in those areas, and I have two very STEMI kids. My, my oldest son has an ocean engineering degree and computer programming experience, and my daughter's pursuing her PhD in neuroscience. When it came to deciding what STEM project I wanted to try, I decided to do a little coding. Now, keep in mind that my job, in my job, coding has a much different meaning. You know, code blue, heart stopping, <laughs> starting, shocking, drugs, all that. Truth be told, when it comes to computer programming, I'm much more comfortable running a code blue. So this was definitely an out of my comfort zone challenge. Luckily though, the title of the coding exercise was coding a Lego maze. So I was hoping it would be geared towards really little kids and it was. Once I printed out and laminated my mazes, I got to read a little bit about the concept behind computer program coding, and then I put it into practice. I used my little blue-footed booby figurine. As the sirens know, my youngest just got home from a school trip to the Galapagos, and that's what he brought me, Blueby. Anyway, I created code for Blueby to get through the maze successfully, and I was pretty excited, um, even if I only did get to level two. The next level added a bunch of ifs and, and else's and all that kind of stuff, and uh, that seems a little bit more complicated, but you know, maybe I'll get there. But I really did have a lot of fun learning the very basics of coding. Jess, did you have fun stemming? Well, 
first of all, I love that you have STEMI kids and I'm just going to have to use that from now on. <laughs> but this book was so cute. I like sci-fi, but I don't typically read sci-fi books. So I wasn't sure what to expect with this book. However, I pretty quickly got sucked into the world of Ruby and her robot kidnappers. SD is super cute and I would love to be his friend. P.S. I did not appreciate how long it took to find out what happened to him at the end of the book. I was very worried. But I love that Ruby is a strong, independent person and also a programmer. Being married to someone in the IT field, I know that most of the people he's worked with in the past have been men. So it's always refreshing to see women in the field. I've always enjoyed sci-fi and just science in general. I've not done any STEM projects yet from our challenge, but I can't wait to try some of the suggestions. As I read through them, it brought back some great memories of doing them when I was a kid with my mom and my siblings and going to places like COSI and science camp. I really want to try to make an egg bounce. I'm very intrigued about that. It sounds like a lot of fun. Mer, how did you like the book? Well, I really loved the first book in the Robot Galaxy series. Crazy Foolish Robots had a way of making me empathize with the robot's plight and had me rooting for a way to prevent them from being obsolete or worse, reprogrammed. And by the way, Jess, I'm still worried about Swell Driver. I know. I, <laughs> I loved the book so much that I immediately bought the second in the series, and I can't wait to start reading that. I think Griffin, who is Mark's youngest, is going to get some summer reading gifts from me this year. Uh, STEM has always been something that lights me up. I love science and experimentation. And when my daughters were in grade school, they were lucky enough to have female science teachers who really got them interested in the topic. For years, Kenzie wanted to be a science teacher. Now that she's graduating high school, she's changed her mind a bit, but it was a struggle between nursing and teaching. She settled on nursing and she starts nursing school in the fall. So I'm excited for her. And I don't know that she would have chosen that path had she not had those teachers introducing her to science in such a fun way in her early school years. For my STEM experiment, Mark and I made ice cream in Ziploc bags last night. We added cream, sugar, vanilla, and some M&Ms to a small bag, removed as much air as we could, sealed it in tight, and then we added ice and salt to a larger bag, plopped our bag full of ingredients on top of the ice, covered it in more ice, sealed the bag, and shook it like a Polaroid picture for seven minutes. <laughs> and the salt causes the ice to get like extremely cold through some chemical reaction I don't understand. And the result was a frozen creamy treat that we both really enjoyed. I can't wait to do that with the kids the next time we have them at home. Hey TC, how about you? Did you like the book? We enjoyed reading Crazy Foolish Robots by Adina Mignona. And yes, I have already started the second book in the Robot Galaxy series, Robots, Robots Everywhere, mainly because I also want to know what happens to SD. I love reading books that have a generally positive tilt, one where the characters are determined to take action and make the most out of the situations they find themselves in. And I think this describes most of the characters in the book, Bonus points for a strong, smart, independent female lead. This definitely describes Ruby Palmer, our hero in this series. I appreciated that the author succeeded in making us fall in love with robots. I found it very interesting that I'll never look at a factory reset quite the same. And so after following Ruby's journey of being afraid of AIs and not wanting to be near them, to becoming fond of them and choosing to live on a planet of nothing but AIs, 
I've decided to revisit AIs myself. So for my STEM activity, I finally acted on a suggestion from one of our board members who has a son who's a senior in high school, suggested that I let an AI do the writing for me on a grant that I'm working on. When we explored AIs back in episode 69, Artificial Intelligence, the results were iffy at best, really. So when a board member suggested I give it a shot for this grant, and then this challenge came along, I decided everything was pointing in me in that direction. So I revisited it. And drum roll, it was amazing. Seriously, I'm not going to let it write the entire grant for me, but it definitely came up with some good points for me to include. So for this episode, I decided to ask the AI, an app called Nova, which I've grown fond of, what my robot name should be. Nova had a lot of great suggestions for me and I narrowed it down to two. These are from Nova, Fun Seeker and Happy Quester. My number at the end will be 11. It's a magic number, it's the date of my wedding. So 11, of course. I asked Nova which name I should choose between those two, and here is what she said. Both names have their own charm and uniqueness. If you prefer a name that sounds more energetic and active, search an, an active search for amusement, then Fun Seeker 71 might be a good choice. On the other hand, if you want to convey the idea of pursuing joy and happiness, then Happy Quester 11 could be more fitting. Ultimately, the decision comes down to your own personal preference and the type of image you want to portray for your robot. And so I chose Happy Quester 11, and I feel like Nova is my friend. Adina Mignona is no stranger to the idea of having robot friends. She's on a quest to help promote STEM. She does this through speaking, blogging, podcast, and also by creating lovable characters in her sci-fi series. Her goal is to open people's minds to science. She believes that demystifying science and making it accessible will help unleash invention, creativity, and innovation. Adina is a physicist and astronomer by degree, working in aerospace as a mission architect, which just means she's been doing it so long they had to give her a fun title. More importantly, she's a longtime science fiction geek with a strong desire to inspire others through speaking and writing about robots, aliens, artificial intelligence, computers, longevity, exoplanets, virtual reality, and more. She writes science fiction novels to include the Robot Galaxy series, which we all read, and loves spending time with her fellow co-hosts of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Sirens, please join me in welcoming Adina Mignona to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Welcome to the show, Adina. Hi, thank you for having me. You know, I'm (laughs) never going to get tired of hearing people say nice things about my book. (laughs) That's always going to, that's going to be amazing for forever. I imagine so. So, Adina, we know that you've created lots of robots in your science fiction novels, but we're curious, have you ever created a robot in real life? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say I'm probably stretching the definition of a robot a little bit it yeah because it's gonna be a very broad term um and actually i know this is meant to be audio at the 
a little video, but I have, I want to reach for, I was working on this a couple years ago. What uh, I'm showing everybody is a cat robot. <laughs> um, I 3D printed the parts. I didn't design it. This was, uh, there's a kit for this, but then there was like, you could download the instructions and download all the pieces to 3D print and all the things. I never finished it. I got the circuit board for it. And then the next step is actually to hook it up and do some coding. And I just haven't had the time to, to finish my cat robot, but he sits here with me. <laughs> so there's that. There's I was for, for several years, several years ago, I worked on a little bit more AI robot stuff. And I worked in uh, creating chatbots. So a bot that you can you know communicate with using natural language with the hope of winning a contest to convince judges that it was human-like. And I came in second place one year, which was, which was pretty cool. But then after awesome. that kind of lost, oh, thank you. <laughs> but I kind of lost motivation because I kind of was like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't, I'm a big Star Trek fan and Data from Star Trek, he's an android. And when you talk to him or when the characters talk to him, he is clearly not imitating a human in his pattern of speech and the way he speaks. But he's an amazing robot, an amazing AI. So I'm like, well, why do I feel the need to try to make this human-like? And that's not really interesting. I'd rather have a robot that solves a problem, you know, or does something useful. So I, I stopped the chatbot stuff. Hmm. And when I was eight, I made a robot out of boxes. Does that count? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is your very first robot ever. That's it what was, it sounds yep. like. <laughs> yeah, we, this was in the early 80s and... You know, remember like when greeting cards started, came out that you open it and you hear the music? Like yeah. when that came out, like, so I was one of those kids, I would take apart electronics and try to do something with it back when you could. These days you can't, you can't really do it like you could when, when I was a kid. And so someone, maybe it was even me, got one of these cards. So I took out that, that little doohickey that made with the switch that made the happy birthday song and uh one of my friends came over we had some boxes and we had i had like little led lights and things because i had little electronic parts and we made it was his name was play it again sam and you could push a button on him and the light his nose would light up and then that song with the happy birthday song that's amazing from the greeting card How tired did your mom was, get of hearing that song oh i was tired <laughs> probably tired of it before she was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but it again sam needs a remix <laughs> yep 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 so adina will you share with us what what stem means to you well to me it really is it's everything you know everything that we see or do these days you can tie in some way shape or form to stem i mean you know look look at what we're doing right now we're all over i i don't even know where you ladies are <laughs> You know, we're, we're somewhere on the planet having this amazing conversation through technology. And, you know, we get technology by engineering solutions to problems. And we use knowledge of science in order to do that. You know, um, the fundamental science, like understanding electricity and magnetism started hundreds of years ago. Right. And now look what we were doing with it today. So to me, it's, it's everything. It's everything that we do and are going to continue to do. And why are you so passionate about sharing STEM with, with everyone, with the world? 
<laughs> oh, for so many reasons. I mean, we we need people to care and we need people to go into these fields. You know, um, if everyone is like, oh, someone else is going to do it. Well, then no one will do it. And then everything will die, you know, society will collapse and die. So we really need people to get into it. Uh, and, and what I like to tell people, one of the things I do when I talk to high school students, especially, I, I actually try to kind of get over the perception that you have to be like a straight A student or a straight A math student. So even though math is part of STEM and it's important, there's a lot of science and engineering technology that you can do and, and math not be your thing or what we think of, you know, traditional math, you know, computation in math classes. That doesn't have to be your thing. You don't have to excel at that to be interested in science or get into science or get into engineering or technology. There's there's a lot of room for mm-hmm. all, all kinds of people with all kinds of backgrounds and skill sets, not just, oh, you have to be a straight A math student, you know. So kind of getting those words out to encourage people that they can do this. Um, and then when it comes to adults who aren't likely, you know, to change their careers if they're not in the STEM field, a lot of it is just appreciating it. You know, chat GPT and these AIs, this is a, a new big thing right now. And a lot of people are fearful of it and they're fearful because they don't understand. And so a lot of, you know, STEM as adults is just making sure people understand things. And, you know, we went through something similar with, you know, vaccines a couple of years ago where fear is what's driving people. And if they they understood more, then I think there's less fear and there's more acceptance and we can now have conversations about what, you know, get to the real important parts of this. Yeah. So we, I think you picked up on a theme of us all loving your book. (laughs) Which again, never going to get tired of hearing that. So thank you. (laughs) When did you know that you wanted to start writing the Robot Galaxy series? And did you always know that it was going to be a series? No, uh, uh, I did not always know it was going to be a series. Uh, so I, I've been kind of dab- uh, dabbling. I've been wanting to be a science fiction writer since high school and college, in addition to having, you know, my career in, in aerospace. This was always, you know, I never was going to like quit and just be a writer. I, was, I, I, I knew it was going to be something I did additional. And for the longest time, I thought I could only write short stories. And that was what my focus was. Then along came, uh, have you heard of NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month? Ooh, okay. So um, na- I don't know. Like maybe that I might have <laughs> seen it on Facebook once or twice. Yeah. Something well, like that. Yeah. So, well, that's what it is. National Novel Writing Month. It's every November. And so there's a website, NaNoWriMo.org. And the idea is it's a challenge against yourself to write a 50,000 word novel in a month. Oh, which I've is a, definitely seen this. I yeah, yeah. It, it's a fairly well known in, in writer circles. So well, so when I learned about it, it was back in 2009. I participated, and that first year, um, I I won the challenge, meaning I completed 50,000 words. But it was terrible. It was you know, it's never going to see the light. It was the worst thing. But what it started to open my eyes is like I might be able to write a novel. So 2012, I wrote this thing. And it was called How to Be a Rocket Scientist. And it was meant to be kind of a silly novel. And it took place on a space station in the asteroid belt. And there was my main characters and there were robots. And again, I I finished it that month. I I won the challenge, but then I put it away for a long time. And I was working on other things up and down, up and down. 2018, 2019, I was like, look, Adina, talking to myself, uh, 
you need to pick one thing and finish it. Like bring it to completion. Pick one of your things. Doesn't matter what, just pick one and <laughs> finish it. So I went back to that one. It was one I had always really wanted to do, especially because it had the humorous tone. And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I changed the main character. The main character wasn't originally Ruby, actually. I'm glad it wound up. It, it, it came out the way it should have been. Came, you know, it came out correct, but it didn't start, you know, start out uh, the way it should have been. And yeah, as I was working on it and it became Crazy Foolish Robots, I realized I didn't want to do like an 80,000 word novel or 90. So it just felt right to break it up. And I was like, okay. And when I was thinking about how to break it up, it just felt right to have break it up into four parts instead of a trilogy. I don't know, just four just felt right. Um, and yeah, now now you got it. And book four is coming out in a month. And I'm very excited. I can't wait for people to see that one. Seems I like can't. it's it's always been robots for you, even from when mm -hmm. way back when you were eight years old. Yep. Uh, did you always know that it was going to be robots that you were going to write about or you just ended up picking that one? Um, Cause it seems like you, you, you haven't told us about the one that you hated or did you? Yeah, didn't like? yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that one actually, yeah, that one was not robots. And maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, the fact that it didn't work out uh, well, but yeah, since I think star Wars got me set off with, you know, R2D2 and C3PO when I was maybe six. And so robots have always been part of, anything I was thinking about, uh, e even when I think about my career in the aerospace industry, so I work on satellites. To me, a satellite is a robot we send out in space. You know, it's something, it, it's, you know, uh, a mechanical thing that we program to do things on its own. Um, and so in some ways it's a robot too. So yeah, and most of the stories I write, not, not all of them are robot centric or AI centric, but most of them are. Uh, including the standalone book I'm planning after this series is done. I have a standalone book um, already. It, it's drafted. It needs a lot of work, but it's it, it's a complete draft right now. Yeah, robots have just been, <laughs> they've just always been my thing. Your robots are a lot of fun in, this, in these books. So I think that I'm going to have to read books two and three so that I'm ready when book four comes out in a month. <laughs> I really, I really am. I was um, um, in my, fi my final edit through uh, my editor. She, she gave it back to me, but I'm doing a final and then she'll do like the, the final, final, final. And as I go through it, um, I'm, I really can't wait to, for people to read this and, and get feedback on it. And I'm, I'm hoping it, uh, I'm hoping it's working out the way I think, it, you know, it, it, I think it's coming out really well. I hope people agree. Artificial intelligence had a lot of good things to say about your book, just so you know. He really liked it as well. Okay. We were talking about we were talking about robot names, and I love the robot names that are in your book. Um, Swell Driver and Detailed Historian and Quiet Painter and lots more. And then mine is um Happy Quester. I'm curious mm -hmm. if the other sirens came up with robot names and what they are. Did anybody else? You know, I was having a hard time coming up with a name for myself and I wish I would have thought to use AI to do it but I came up with lively talker <laughs> oh that's a good one yeah I thought that's... because you know obviously I love to talk you can't mm -hmm. shut me up sometimes it's very fitting I was uh, after my day at work today I decided on boss doc one. Oh, one I love mm -hmm. it 
Yeah. Bostock one. Bostock one. It sounds like a license plate. <laughs> like a Ooh, yeah. vanity plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vanity plate. Thanks. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> Jess, did you come up with one? one? I'm not uh, creative. I couldn't think of one. Oh, you need to stop telling yourself you're not creative. I don't buy it. I, I do wish that people would um, could display colors for their moods, though. I feel like it would make it easier to read people. Other than just like like me that turn pink when they're like embarrassed or drunk so yeah they kind of do like i've seen people turn all different colors yeah but like adina do no, you I have never a robot myself. name one <laughs> that just doesn't yeah, but, seem right yeah swell driver though that that is one of the few things that survived from the very 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 first draft back I in 2012 <laughs> how about how about Ruby Palmer? Where did her yeah, name come well, from? Um, so originally the main character was a 17-year-old boy, actually. And and he had a sidekick that was this girl. And I, I didn't like it. That was the original draft. And I didn't like it um, because he was just kind of a, he was whiny and cliche and blah. Now, the girl, her name was Stella. And, and she was more interesting. She was basically what, what turned into Ruby. She was much more interesting. And she was intelligent. And she got things done and all this stuff. But eventually, I was like, you know, I don't like the name Stella. This is that name's just not working for me. And I knew at the time, you know, originally, before it was Crazy Foolish Robots, well, when it was still the, the guy, it was his name was Ethan. So the working title for a while was Ethan's Robot Planet. So I was so for a while I was like, well, I still want Robot Planet. So maybe I want something alliterative. So it's an R. And I went and looked, you know, a lot of writers, we use baby name mm. websites. So I went and looked for at a baby name website for R names. And Ruby, I think, stuck out because that's my birthstone. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, that that's uh. that's it. And now, of course, the book did not become Ruby's Robot Planet. And that was when I was making it into four, when I realized it wasn't going to be one. Ruby's Robot Planet just didn't fit anymore. So that's when it became Crazy Foolish Robots. I just I thought it was ironic because she got caught red-handed oh. stealing her spaceship and her name is Ruby Palmer. Oh my God, I didn't even, that's not intentional. <laughs> That's hilarious. Also, her favorite color is red. By yes. The way. Well, that's because that was because the name is, you know, Ruby. Um, and well, my favorite color is not exactly red. It's purple. I do like red a lot. Like I said, Ruby is my birthstone. So I like red a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a great color. Did it mean anything that they couldn't see red? And red was her favorite color and her name? Sort of. I, you know, it, it's not that it really meant anything, but I wanted to just, you know, make it something I want there to be like interesting tidbits. So the, you know, a lot of times when we see, you know, science fiction shows and everything, and we do meet aliens and stuff, they have, they can do exactly the same things we can do. They can see exactly what we can see, you know? And I was like, well, let me, let's just at least tweak that a little bit. And so red is at the end of our visual spectrum on one end. So I was like, okay, well, let's just chop it off there. Um, The fact that it was Ruby too, that part was less, relevant but i just it was more chopping off one end which end should i chop off hmm. interesting yep 
I can't believe it's been so many years since <laughs> I did some of this. It's just kind of funny. Um, and keeping track of all of it. I do have my own like little Bible to keep track of all the things because, you know, being self-consistent is that's, that's hard. <laughs> it might be harder than actually writing it. Yeah. I think that would be one of the most difficult things about writing mm-hmm. a, a fiction series is keeping mm-hmm. track of your cast of characters. Yeah. Yep. You almost have to have like a wall. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing like a CSI episode or something <laughs> where they have like string attached to things. Yeah. Up on a big ass wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do. What's the show? <laughs> What's the show we all watch where they do that? Oh, um, Manifest. That's right. Where yeah. It's all, yeah, Manifest. Like the Manifest wall where it's all connected. Yep. Yeah. I actually, I just have a, I have, I do it digitally. Um, originally I, I like mind mapping software. So I, I did it as a mind map at, at first, but then it just got to be too big. So I just have a, like my own wiki, basically it's my own personal wiki. Nice. So all the links are there. I can click on things and, you know. So while we're talking about that, what I, I noticed on your blog that you have like a whole section dedicated to writing tips. Mm-hmm. So if you had to pick like your favorite tip for writing a, a, a novel or a fiction book, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, the one that I think a lot of people first need to hear is that they, the same thing that I needed to tell myself is finish. <laughs> um, you know, Robert Heinlein had the best advice that I've come across for writers is write, finish what you write, you know, that, that, that simple. And I think that is the one that a lot of people really need to hear first. And then once you finish, then then the tips can go in like a, a whole variety of directions for editing and such. And it also depends on, you know, what the plan is for for what someone wants to write. Are you planning on submitting it to a traditional agent or a traditional publisher? Or are you planning on doing indie publishing like I did? So, you know, after you've written and finished what you write, the tips are like, well, which area do you need the tip in? Like I have publishing tips. I have marketing tips. I have editing tips. <laughs> yeah, all the different a, tips. It was a pretty uh, extensive mm-hmm. piece, like or you know, section yeah. or whatever, dedicated to that topic. So that's really nice. Yeah, I was just wondering if anybody else suddenly. Um, I know Tracy mentioned this in her soapbox, but did anyone else suddenly feel like sad about the idea of offloading data to an external hard drive in a, in erasing mind erasing your poor laptop? <laughs> I think if it was not mobile, so much maybe. like if it was yeah. like self-contained and could move on its own I might no. feel bad about it like if it was like a little robot pal I don't know yeah or I was gonna say well you know it's not like it talks to me oh wait never <laughs> mind my phone talks to me all the time my watch talks to me for god's sake even when I don't want it to if I just happen to put my wrist up and start saying something it says excuse me I didn't quite catch that <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's kind of creepy to think, you know, your phone talks to you. You're just going to wipe it out. So Siri forgets everything that you've talked about. I know. It's bananas. <laughs> Poor Siri. It is weird if you think about that. Like my phone does stuff like, hey, would you like to turn your flashlight on? You do that about this time of day every day. And so if I wipe it out... Like there are some parts of my phone that have adjusted to me and my lifestyle, which is creepy, kind of that personality side, you know? And so I like wiping that out does make me sad. And that's the part I don't like about getting a new phone is that it has to learn me all over again. (laughs) 
Yeah, you have to make friends with your phone again. Mm-hmm. I know. See, I'm our torn phone, our watch. Like, yeah, I'm torn between the the cute robots like you know SD and and three PO and R two, um, and then I also watched Terminator a lot as a kid. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in my brain, it's like I don't know. Skynet is live, y'all. You're like Ruby. You just need to make friends with a robot. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I could have SD, I would. Nova, if we should trust artificial intelligence. And she said that from her perspective, I should trust artificial intelligence, but that I always needed to keep in mind that it was programmed by a person. And Uh if I didn't know who programmed it and what their motives were, then I should give that some thought. Mm -hmm. TC. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it's a tool like any other tool, you know, made by humans, used by humans, and like any other piece of technology can be misused can, you know, again, someone can take their car and misuse their car, you know, anything can be misused in the wrong hands. Or so it's it's no different. It's just a little harder to understand what's under the hood. So then again, I think that makes people fearful. So what you just said reminds me a lot of um, TC, actually. We, we used to work together in the technology field, and um, she would TC would always relate a technology issue back to a non-technology issue, like mm-hmm. kids having their phones out in class. Well, what do you do when they pass notes? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I know when, uh, when the chat GPT explosion happened, the first thing everyone's worried about is cheating. Like, like cheating's a new thing. Che- you know, like <laughs> cheating has always been there. You know, you could, and you can still probably today pay one of your classmates to write your essay. Like, right. It, oh, for it's sure. It's just another, yeah. It's, it's a nothing's, it's really kind of funny because nothing is new in that area. You know, nothing is new in that area. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Does anyone watch How It's Made? Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. I, I like the show I, a lot. I adore How It's Made. Um, mm-hmm. But the narrator in that always pronounces, robots as robots and <laughs> i so never noticed I that reading this when i was reading this like in my head it's always just like robot <laughs> and ben and i always say that to each other when we talk like if we say robots we're like robots <laughs> and so now like in my head as i was reading this i had to be like robot robot mm-hmm. Well, I listened to the book on Audible, and now I can only read the book with a British accent. Yeah, so that was that was kind of fun <laughs> because, you know, so I'm a big fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is it's probably my, my favorite science fiction novel. And I do love listening to the audiobook version. And to me, like humor, and especially sci-fi humor, just to me, I hear it in like a British accent. So that that was when I was hiring someone to do that. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't narrate myself several people because I do a little bit of narration, although nonfiction, not, not so much fiction. Mm-hmm. And several people asked, well, Dina, why don't you do it? I'm like, no, because well, one, I'm, I'm not an actor, you know, and this, this requires acting. Uh, but two, I needed it to be in a British accent. It's <laughs> so funny. It's so funny how we're... Um we're swayed by our past experiences mm-hmm. with things because yeah. I once knew somebody who was extremely 
pretentious and not very nice about it who had a British accent. So I have a whole different reaction to British accents than you do. See, but also like Monte Python, like to me, it's like comedy, Monte Python and just all that stuff. And then, then you get Dr. Who, you know, like, yeah. So I have a very positive and fun association with the British accent. But Murr also does voices if you ever um, cool. need to like step outside of the British accent box. Yeah, I was going to say it won't voices. be a Brit- unless you want a bad British accent. <laughs> <laughs> or make it into a movie. Oh. Oh. That would, that would be the dream. I, I, I picture this as an animated cartoon, like, a, but not, not, not animated necessarily for kids, but like the Futurama, like Futurama. I, I imagine that's what I picture Love in my head. Futurama. Yeah. yeah, definitely an adult cartoon. Yeah, but not adult, adult, like, and, and that's what a lot of people like ask me. Like a Bob's Burgers or something. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I call this, people ask me if this is young adult, and I said, not, not really. I call it young adult accessible because there's nothing in there that prevents younger people you know you know younger folks from watching and listening or reading or listening to it but it wasn't meant for them and i do use words that are outside their vocabulary range sometimes uh, but like my son you know he's now 12 he, he read it and several of his friends read it because there's nothing the kid, there's nothing preventing anyone you know in the younger age from reading it yeah that's what i, I listen to I listened to some of the podcasts and your son is adorable, Adina. (laughs) Thank you. And I just love that he's so into that too, because I imagine you guys can talk about a lot of, you know, a lot of the same stuff because you've gotten him into the sci-fi and probably a good thing to bond over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Although he, you know, he, he has forged his own path. And, but as much as I make him watch some stuff, he's making me watch his stuff too. So we recently, he made me watch, um, and by made me, I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. So, because right. again, it's not so far out of my zone, it's just things I hadn't watched, but uh, he's really into Avatar, The Last Airbender. And so he made me watch that. And we're now watching, we're halfway through The Legend of Korra, which is the sequel to Avatar. And then he is really, really over the moon of this Disney show called The Owl House. Huh. I don't know if any of you know that. It's only from my sister and her girls. They love it. <laughs> it is good. It is. I, I, it's really, really, really good. And so the most recent episode, which I think is the last, last episode just came out a week or so ago. So we, we watched, well, so we watched it. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm really impressed with, with Disney embracing uh, diversity in a lot of ways. And then again, adding in the, the magic, it was, um, it's an amazing show. I highly, highly recommend it. And I love the one of the characters. Um, her name is the Owl Lady, and it's voiced by I'm blanking her name, but I remember her from this old sitcom called Just Shoot Me. And she's also in Young Sheldon. She plays the president of the university uh, where Young Sheldon is, but she has a very recognizable voice in a, a, a cool way that just oh, it works so well. So yeah, so He's Frank has been Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Frank has been like as much as I've been making him watch my stuff, he's been making me watch his stuff. So yes, we can share stuff. <laughs> I love Frank. I love it's that Ren- name. Thanks. It's Wendy Malik, and I don't know that person. Is that that's who you're thinking that's, of? That's Wendy. That's that sounds right. Yeah. That yeah. sounds familiar to me. Okay. Now I have yeah. to look her up. Yeah. 
Now everyone's Googling it, but I can't because I'm on my phone. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, the Owl oh, House with yeah. Disney. It's really good. My sister said the season or series finale or whatever it was wrecked her. So I don't know. I might have to watch it, but I might have to be in the right mood to mm -hmm. cry. So yeah. I was not the, as emotionally invested as my son and his friends were, but like, um, and they watched it together uh, without me. And then I, I watched it with him on a, on a rerun a few nights later. And when I, when I saw one of his friends, um, they said, you know, I asked them, you know, Hey, what'd you think? And that's, that's what they, that's exactly what they said. I'm still processing this video events. <laughs> Which is going to be for me, like, I think it's the same reaction. Uh, we're about a few days away from the se season and series finale of Star Trek Picard, which that's my, mm. that is my uber ultimate thing. And even after we just had the the second to last episode a few days ago, and I'm still recovering from that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, and I know this is going to, they're going to, yeah. Oh, Cause yeah, I'm a, I'm a deep and utter Trekkie. <laughs> I am not familiar. I mean, I know Star Trek. I know like the I know some of the characters and things from like the old original Star Trek. Yeah, and pop I am that's not pop culture. Yeah, yeah. I am not very familiar with it though. Like, mm -hmm. hmm. I liked Next Generation. I'm familiar with just that that series, and that's Picard. And I had I had a crush on him and Data, and those were my two favorites. Yeah. Well, Data from Next <laughs> Will Generation. Yeah, he was my yeah. very first crush, Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, so Data, you know, again, as a someone who's always been into like robots and AI, I've been fascinated with Data and like what he can do and the fact that he's like, he's this problem solving machine. He can take, you know, unique information and do something with it without explicitly having to be told. I mean, yes, he's part of Starfleet, so he is orders, whatever, but he can also recognize a problem and solve it and and that to me is what uh, a fascinating and ultimate like ai should be so i've always been mm -hmm. you know in addition to just everything star trek you know i've always been focused on in on on that character for that reason i, I just want a holodeck that's all i want <laughs> well the virtual reality uh you know then you now. Yep. And not only that, they have, uh, so the virtual reality set I have, there's creator content, you know, you know, you can buy games and stuff like that, but then there's user created content and there are some workspaces that replicate Star Trek and that replicate the holodeck, the grid look, and also the bridge of the enterprise and all that stuff. I've, I've got, it, it's great. It's the first time I went on it, it was really eerie because you really feel like you're there. <laughs> wow. Huh. I always wanted to be able to press a button and get whatever I wanted to eat and drink. Replicate exactly it. Yeah. What I was thinking, Sarah. Yep. Well, I, you know, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that in our lifetime. I'm, you know, to some degree with 3D printing technology. Oh. Another favorite of my current technologies that, you know, is going to become a, become more of a ubiquitous thing in the next like decade or two. They can 3D print me a brownie. Well, there are some food 3D printers right now that like are in development in the work. And I think they can do some like 3D printing chocolate and some some other things. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went to visit Bowling Green University. Kenzie was looking at nursing schools and they have little robots that are all over campus delivering food to dorms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that at one of the local universities here, too. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh it's coming friends yep <laughs> so what what do you have going on next adina you said that the fourth book in the series is going to come mm -hmm. out yep. what else is on the horizon for you yeah so i i mentioned briefly i do have this the next book which will be completely unrelated to the robot galaxy series however it will feature the main characters are all going to be like these android ai robots will be all the main characters it's meant to take place about a hundred years from now on the moon and hmm. i don't know what else I, I really am ready to say about that i don't have like a blurb yet prepared so i don't really know what else i can can or should say um, especially since who knows how much of it will change between right now when i'm finished but i have a complete draft i've had some feedback from some people already that i'm that I'm taking into account. So um, it might actually, it's possible I get this out before the end of the year. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you may not have had anything prepared, but I am excited to read it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have you back again. Wait, one question about that though. Should we read the four books before we read the standalone book? If the standalone the will have nothing. Finished? No, no. Standalone is truly standalone okay. has nothing other than the fact that I like to write about AI and robots. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> they are completely, completely different. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Adina, what gets you, we ask this to all of our guests, um, mm -hmm. we're, and we love the, all the answers that we've gotten, but what gets you out of your comfort zone and excited to explore? Hmm. Say sometimes it's that's going to be my kids, um, you know, and I guess it depends on how far out my comfort zone it is, because maybe I, I don't go as far as I, I should. Like watching things like the Avatar and the Owl House, I probably wouldn't have done that on my own, but that wasn't exactly far <laughs> out of my comfort zone. <laughs> um, Man, I feel like uh, I don't have a better answer answer means yeah I need to revisit my <laughs> my life right now and I need to do something that's a little bit outside <laughs> my comfort zone well if that's how you're feeling we have about a million things that you can pick from on our podcast like mm -hmm. 124 of them now awesome um yeah but then when we interview you the next time you can tell us what you did that got you out okay. of your comfort zone we okay. met with who what did um one of the people that we interviewed i think she went um skydiving or oh that's no i'm not doing that no <laughs> that's it, too it, far outside it was <laughs> it was something like that or it might have just been um what's that thing where you hold on and you slide down a zip, zip, line? Line. zip lining yeah it might have just been that but it was something that got her because she was afraid of heights and yeah that, that was something that she thought about after we talked to Arthur, and it was kind of fun to hear that Come yeah. full circle, is it Cindy? You know? Yeah. Cindy. Um, That's who I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I, I really don't like flying. I am I am technically afraid to fly, but I do it when I have to. And when I have to slash want to, when there isn't a better alternative, you know, <laughs> I'll drive very far before I you know, get, you get me on a plane, but I will get on a plane if I need to. Um, I used to travel, you know, a lot more before I had kids mm -hmm. just becomes, you know, more of a hassle and more expensive and all these things. But I think as they get older, my youngest is um, about to be five in a few months. And I think as he gets older, we'll probably do more travel again. Yeah. Yeah. Travel with kids is always interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and then what, what makes the challenge is so Frank, as wonderful as he is, and through no fault of his own, has life-threatening food allergies. Oh, so I think that yeah. has put us off of a lot of travel that I might have done with him if he didn't have them because it adds another layer of have to check things out and make sure he's got things to eat and where we, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who's youngest, same, has some very mm-hmm. life-threatening food allergies and it's it's an interesting thing to watch her navigate. Yeah. Yep. And very I, crazy for her. <laughs> yeah. I don't wish it on anybody having yeah. to deal with this. Well, Adina, we really enjoyed this conversation with you tonight. Thank you for spending your time with us. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? I am everywhere. Um, the main... <laughs> I am. I'm on Facebook. There's a Adina Mignona uh, author page. And then I'm on uh, I have my website, adinamignona.com. I'm on Twitter uh, and it's just my first name, which tells you I have been on Twitter a very, very long time, which is one <laughs> of the reasons I'm, I'm I'm unwilling to give up my account just because I've been on there since, um, I think it says since 2007. I was a very nice. early adopter there. So yeah, uh, all, all those places. And then of course, just look for Crazy Foolish Robots on Amazon and you'll find the first of the book and start reading there. the series. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we want to leave our listeners with a challenge this week. Read the first of the Robot Galaxy series, Crazy Foolish Robots, and do some research on STEM. Complete one or more STEM activity with your kids, partner, coworkers, yourself. Check out the links in the description of this episode for some ideas or share some of your ideas with us. Either way, be sure to let us know how it goes by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox on all the social medias. Sirens. This has been another fun episode. Thank you so much for playing with science this week and for spending this time together. And thank you, fellow explorers, for spending your time listening to this episode. There's a brand new episode of Siren Song on our Patreon. You won't want to miss that. And if you're listening to this episode before April 25th, you can join us for Movie Club. This quarter, we're watching Stranger Than Fiction. And I think that movie will make for a fun discussion. You can get in touch with us anytime by sending an email to sirensoapbox at gmail.com or by visiting our website, sirensoapbox.com. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Happy birthday, Mur! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.